Hello. Hello. It's beer o'clock, Gav. What does that mean? What does it mean? It means we get beer. It means we get beer. That is correct. That's the most important thing about beer o'clock. But it also yes. means it's time for drunken time travel. That it's is the second most important yes. thing about beer o'clock. Drunken time travel. The only Doctor Who podcast which found an episode down the back of the sofa. But it turned out to be another episode of The Web Planet. So was the wit in the bin. It is indeed. The bin of history. The bistery? Yep, the bistery. There's a sign on it that says bistery. I keep finding gravy granules in there, but I don't know why. Gravy granules on lost episodes of The Web Planet. Yeah. Is there anything else in there? That's the name of my autobiography, in fact. The name of your autobiography is in the bin. In the bistery. Yes. Shame we will never know what it is. So, on my left, a man who is so tall, I'm not going to make any jokes about him in case he hits me. It's Irish Gav. And on my right, a man who's brought real terror to Gotham City. It's English Gav. did Yeah. Wow. I can't even remember that. I think you just drew for it once. That's scary. <laughs> well, exactly. If you want to contact us about this show or anything else... You can reach us at drunkentimetravel at gmail.com Or at drunktimetravel on fucking Twitter Or on the Facebook thing Can they get us on LinkedIn? Uh, possibly Tumblr? Uh, Do we have a Tumblr? Not officially, we're not on it We're not on Tumblr or, uh, or LinkedIn? No Okay. Well we are on Tumblr but we're not going to use it <laughs> What about Bebo? Are we on that guy? No Are we on MySpace? No. Okay. Just had to ask. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We listed the things that we are. All right. Is that what we do at the start of every show? Yes. Okay. So, what is the official tedious link beer today? I'm glad you asked, and I will thusly tell you. It's uh, it's tr- it's called Tribute. It's a Cornish pale ale from St Austell Brewery. Oh, I've heard of that one before. I thought you might, because you've had about sixty-four of them. Yes. It's <laughs> and we're drinking it because it's a tribute. We're doing a we're doing a bit of a double tribute, I believe, this time. Yes, to a Mr. Philip Morris. Yes, we're doing a tribute to uh, Philip Morris because he found yes. the Doctor Who episodes, Enemy of the World yes. and the Web of Fear in Nigeria. In Nigeria, you're quite right, Gav. <laughs> and we're also doing <laughs> we're also doing a tribute because this is the first appearance of uh, staff stuff. The the Yetis? The Yetis? No, the no. We great saw them intelligence. Before. Saw him before as well. Um, I'm out of ideas. It was Ooh. the Doctor. It's the Doctor. Ooh, nice. I can't it's, believe it's, it's been this long since we've seen the Doctor. It's Colonel Etheridge Stewart. Oh, that chancer. That that guy who we'll be seeing for many years to come. <sighs> Indeed. But anyway, let us let us. Let us pray to the great god of the synopsis. Please, Mr. Synopsis, won't you do your level best to comply with my wish for the summary of this episode? I shall do my best. So, episode one, The Yetis 2.0. I will now drink. Another Doctor Who story. Another accusation the Doctor can't control his TARDIS. Another denial. Another something goes wrong. This time they land in space and get covered in a web. Dear God, no, please don't let this be Vortis. Once the web gets bored and fucks off, they land in a deserted London underground, where they meet a dead man and do the obligatory split-up routine. 
and immediately Jamie and Victoria are captured by the military. Elsewhere we have a dormant Yeti exhibit and obviously everyone's scared they might come to life. The good news is that they found a working control sphere. Oh, wait. Against all odds the Yetis come to life. Complete with a new beak upgrade. They must be saving up for the optional wing attachments. While I'm waiting for things to start making sense, the Doctor spies on the Yetis who are spraying the military's explosive with webs. Guess I'll have to wait a bit longer then. Then the military blows up the tunnels with the Doctor still in them. The moral of this story is, who needs things to make sense when you've got Yetis with beaks? Episode 2. Doctor where? Upon investigating the explosion, the military discovered there wasn't an explosion. So Professor Travers goes to question the strangers but instead has a happy reunion with Jamie and Victoria. Taking Polly's role, Victoria makes the tea whilst Jamie goes out with the military to hunt Yetis. Victoria may have the easier of the task, but at least she completed her task. Jamie got captured by the Yetis and let them disarm more explosives. Proud of a good day's work, the Yetis release them. Then we get reports of fungus moving through the tunnels and stray soldier reports moving cobwebs. Jamie goes with him and ends up being trapped by the fungus. The moral of this story is they should have never gotten rid of Polly. It's it's six to one and a half a dozen the other really, isn't it? Don't lie about my morals. What does that mean? I don't know. Episode three. Episode three. <laughs> the one where the cliffhanger lied. As a Yeti turns up complete with a pyramid, presumably just to laugh at them, they shoot at it with no effect and then escape through somewhere. So not really trapped then. Thanks, cliffhanger. Evans then decides to run out to them. Evans then decides to make a run for the exit once they're safe, leaving Jamie by himself. Well, till he comes running back because the door was locked. Should have took Victoria with him. Elsewhere, we get a surprise appearance from the Doctor when some chancer called Colonel Lethbridge Stewart turns up to take over the operation. Despite being missing for an entire episode, the Doctor figures out that someone is a traitor. Dun dun dun! In what is quickly becoming the most popular part of the underground... Did you just do the Doctor Who theme then? I'm not sure what I did then. It, it could have been anything. Yeah. In what is quickly becoming the most popular part of the underground, Victoria turns up also. Back at the base, euphemism of the epistory, she's playing with balls. Okay, control spheres, but one is missing. To make herself useful, Barbara tells the reporter about the TARDIS, and all of a sudden has to leave. Certainly not to go looking for the magic box that can get them out of the tunnels. Definitely not that. The Doctor returns to explain to Barbara that telling everyone your time travellers may not be a good idea and they go looking for the reporter. Back in the world of the Yetis, someone's playing chess again with Yeti pieces. More explosives are disabled and they have a not so friendly reunion with Travers. The moral of this story is, if everything else is failing, introduce an awesome new character makes up for it all. Episode 4, The Revenge of the Cybermen Whilst out in the tunnels, the Doctor finds some webbing and takes it back for analysis, where they discover there's many dead bodies, Travers being taken away, and Danny's unconscious. Sorry to interrupt you again. Yes. You've got a webbing thing and you didn't mention Spider-Man. I have not once mentioned Spider-Man. I'm quite disappointed. Hmm. Spider-Man. Mr. Spider-Man. <laughs> We've already done that, haven't we? I don't know. <laughs> Originally, you joined us. 
Cool. Yeah. One hell of a party he must have missed. I think I might have even seen Trevor wake up in the background somewhere before stealing the car and driving off. That's a Grand Theft Auto 5 joke, everyone. Because apparently Gav just makes them now. Yes. <laughs> now taking the role of Barbara, the Doctor tells the Colonel of the TARDIS, and surprise, surprise, he wants to go and find it and escape. The Doctor, however, wants to stay and defeat the Great Intelligence. But someone's stolen his web sample. The Colonel's team make it up to the surface, minus Staff and Arnold, who didn't make the journey and died in some webs or something. Then they fight the Cyberman. Wait! They're the Yetis. The Cyberman theme music confused me. One of them apparently doesn't like it and dies of a headache. The Colonel returns to base, the only survivor, and with a tracker planted on him. Four points if you guess that the Yetis then turn up, accompanied by Travers. The moral of the story is... It's okay for fictional characters to steal each other's theme music, as who's going to sue them anyway? Fictional lawyers. I'll just uh, write it that they don't. Since when do you write? All the time. I brought this. You're writing something. You're writing <laughs> <laughs> of something else. You're not doing anything. The needed. Jesus Chronicles. Oh. I wrote that. That's, that's, and Bubbles the Ninja. That's definitely been taken up. <laughs> Episode 5. The one where the title is almost as long as the synopsis. Travers is being controlled by the Great Intelligence. His ultimate plan this time round is to steal the Doctor's mind, as he says it's far superior to any other creature he's come across in the universe. Oh, that would be, that would be a real problem. Imagine those creatures in the universe, they're just getting along with their work, and then, and then the Great Intelligence just comes across them, and, 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 and all, you know, they're trying to get along with their work, and then they just... They just They've just got this, all this stuff all over them. It would mm. just be awful. It's, it's not worth thinking about. Are we the only two people who get that joke? Possibly. <laughs> the only catch is, he must give it up willingly. <gasps> Quite. Well, <laughs> apart from his companions being threatened, that is. But that doesn't count. So while Victoria's held captive, the Doctor develops a control sphere that lets him control the Yetis. Then Fungus breaks through the base wall. The moral of this story is... If you want to write a moral of the episode, maybe make your synopsis a bit longer. Episode 6. The Secret Plan. With their new pet Yeti, the Doctor and Anne take it for its daily walk, then sends it back to Yeti base as a double agent. Evans, not learning from past mistakes, does another runner straight into the Yeti's hands. Or maybe he was just saving time as shortly afterwards the Yetis turn up and capture everyone else anyway. Including staff, who's returned from the web safe and sound apparently. During a perfectly conceived cunning escape plan, injury is feigned. Staff escapes and bumps into the reporter who's been acting all sneaky and traitory until he breaks down. Everyone else is brought to the giant pyramid at the Yeti base as the Doctor is made to sit in a giant pyramid with a control helmet thingy. But just as it's about to be switched on, Jamie orders the pet Yeti to attack and rescues an unwilling Doctor. You see, he'd reversed the polarity and was going to steal the great intelligence himself and defeat him once and for all. But now he's still around, and the base is exploding, and it's all Jamie's fault. So they decide to go back to the TARDIS, but get lost in the tunnels. Oh, and for those keeping score at home, there wasn't a traitor. We'll get to that later. Thought of the epistory, Jamie probably should have stayed at home on this one. Or in the TARDIS, whatever. So another one with the Yetis then? Another one? I hope we get to see another one with the Yetis. So do I, but not like 30 years later. This isn't foreshadowing at all. 
<laughs> I'd rather have seen another Yeti one with Patrick Trotton. Oh, we s- there is one that we see before the one that we're doing in the Christmas. Ah, uh, what? The Yetis come back in the Five Doctors. Well, one of them comes back in the Five Doctors Did? for like three minutes. Interesting. But yes, we're, we're, for Christmas, ladies and gentlemen. Do they have wing attachments? No, they don't. Uh, for, for Christmas, ladies and gentlemen, we're, we're doing a Doctor Who spin-off video thing from the 90s for our, for our extravaganza, which features the Yetis and Victoria Waterfield and Sarah mm. Jane Smith and um, uh, Lethbridge Stewart. Yes. And so that's bound to be good, isn't it? So the Yetis. Uh, I, th- yes. I, I, I like the Yetis in this. <clears throat> yes. I, I will foretell you why. Please foretell me why. Uh, yet, the Yeti at the start, right, at the very start, whenever Travers was, was trying to buy back the mm. Yeti from that guy, uh, for some reason, it, 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 it was quite a film like a movie, I felt, at mm. the very start, yes. with with the music and lighting. Did you feel the same, Gav? It, it was sort of very reminiscent of, like, King Kong or something like that, I thought. Yes. You seem surprised. Though. I am surprised and <laughs> impressed. <laughs> I felt that bit was directed very well. Yeah, I'd, uh, as, especially since we uh, got to see uh, the video feed of it. Yes, apart from episode three. Apart from episode three, yes. But we can't be picky, mm. can we? Okay. Why not? Let's be picky. Well, otherwise <laughs> we would have been watching the entire friggin' thing... That doesn't exist at all. We've only got one story to do now that doesn't exist at all. Only one? Which one's that? That's the one we're doing now. Not now, but now. Oh, does not. No. The, the, oh. The, it's it's yeah. Fury from the Deep. The it's next the, one. It's the next one. That's it. It doesn't exist at it all. It doesn't exist at all. And then after that, there's at least one episode that exists cool. for, for the remaining of the Patrick Shepard ones. At least one saving grace per episode. Episode. You haven't seen Space Pirates yet? Well, you have. Huh? I have seen it. <laughs> I just can't remember it. <laughs> I have that problem as well. So, what was the deal with all the uh, cobwebs as well? And like, they didn't clean up. Yeah. But they they just seem to be spraying it around randomly. I I mean, they seem to have a good use for it for disarming bombs. Yeah, well, well, the explosives. I know they were spraying yeah. it on them, but I thought yeah. they were just doing that so that people couldn't use the bombs anymore. Well, maybe they thought it was Halloween. You know, and mm. you know they thought they'd spruce up the place. They, they were just decorating. Well, these look a bit crap because yeah. it were like spread all over walls. And I'm worried Evans. He reported moving cobwebs as well, didn't he? Did he mean fungus? It probably. I don't know. <laughs> I know the fungus was moving. I know the fungus was. Moving. I think they mentioned that once or twice. Didn't they? It was about four times. Just in well, case yeah. you didn't know, the fungus is on the move again. Someone, someone said. Yeah. They must have been decorating for Halloween then, yeah. Spraying cobwebs everywhere. Yeah. So yeah. euphemism go? No. No. There were just the army was just spoiling the fun. They were just having an underground Halloween party, and they just came up and ruined everything. Yes. So favorite horror movie? Yeah. Since it's nearly Halloween. My sort of, favorite apparently. horror movie. Or it was Halloween. I, did, I, I always enjoyed the uh, the screen. Is that horror or a thriller, you see? Or a comedy. Yeah, I don't know. You see, that's the that's, that's thing. Horror movie. Actual proper horror movie, I don't know. I, I like uh, I did, I didn't, New Nightmare. That's good. I did enjoy the 
original Hellraisers. I've never seen them. Uh, they, or oh, when I were a kid, the critters really scared me. Critters. Leonardo DiCaprio was one of them. That I do know. Was it? Mm. I did not know. So apparently the Yetis were impervious to bullets. But ironically, mm. you could kill them with kryptonite. And also, if mm. you got like uh, got the kryptonite with tar in it, you could uh, you could turn them turn them good. So what happened is the good yeti and the evil yeti fought in a scrapyard. Yes, I know. <laughs> I have. To, I feel it's my duty to bring it in every single show. What the Superman three joke? Yes. Fuck off! I'm making Superman three jokes. So, Gav, you do, do you want to talk about their beaks? Yeah, aye, why not? I don't know what the deal with the beaks is about. Yes. You're bringing an enemy back. You're bringing an enemy back. You've, you've got to make an improvement, aren't you? Well, I know they did want to make an improvement. Yeah, they, they wanted to change the costumes so, because to make them more scary, I think it was. Because they were too cuddly, they felt, before. Like the other I, people. I, I never got the appearance of them being cuddly because it were just grainy still shots. Yeah, well, Abominable <laughs> Snowman was just, yes. So, but I, I can't account for the people at the time who actually watched uh, real episodes of it. Well, I, But I, why would they use beaks? What would they do with their beaks? Don't know. What would robots want with beaks? To open nuts. Possibly, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Look, they've moved to London and there's like shitloads of pistachio nuts and... And stuff all over the place, so they had to evolve. So robots evolved to have beaks. Yeah. Okay. That's my only explanation. Science game. Did you not have another one? No. You got no other explanation? No. No one. Worms? Worms? Okay. They well, they like worms. Yeah, they, they've so, got so worms. So you do have another explanation? Yeah. Now, I'm just making up other explanations on the fly. Alright, who do you think you are? Aunt Robert? Someday I hope to be that good. Did you even mention her in the synopsis? Uh, I'm not sure. Possibly not. Well, the the Yetis, several times, by several I mean two or three, they they turned up, they got people captive, and then uh, the uh, end of shift uh, alarm bell went and they all just fucked off. (laughs) Right, that's my shift done, I'm going... Well, I hear that. I mean, you're not going to stay <laughs> yeah. beyond your shift, are you? Yep, even yet is... Uh, they've, got, they've, yeah. got, <laughs> they've got pistachios to eat. Yeah. Fuck looking after them. So, so when, they leave, when these yetis leave, <laughs> does the Flintstones music play? Along with the end of shift thing. If they did, I didn't Yetis, I'm a yeti. <laughs> and then deleted scenes that we didn't see the Yetis come back to where the captured prisoners were and goes, oh they've gone Shit. I only went for my dinner break <laughs> those fucking gods hey. do they not know how captivity works hey Frank <laughs> the prisoners have gone <laughs> but those, those, those Yetis they did love their fake snow or women as I believe it was they were just, as you said they were spraying it everywhere yeah <laughs> so either they thought it was Halloween or it was Christmas Hello Christmas. Hello Christmas. Mm, Christmas wings. That's that's involved. Well, they thought they were from San Francisco. Hello Christmas. And what was the deal with? Oh, oh, oh was the guy that was uh, doing the chess pieces? That was staff. That was staff, wasn't it? Yeah. I want. I want but a what, yeti what, chess why piece. Why even have that bit in? I want. A, I want a yeti chess piece. Just the one. 
Well, it only really happened in. Uh, you only really saw it in the in the bits where you know episode three really didn't you? Yeah. I think it was just the way it was. The picture looks. It made it look like a chess piece. Well, it was. But it was basically just. It a was yeti. chess pieces in the sense that the. It looked like a yeti chess piece, but yeah. it was basically a homing device for the yetis to. In the shape of a yeti. In homing on, I suppose. I just call them chess pieces. You would like You would like a yeti chess piece. I just realised that I did the synopsis for both the yeti ones. Well done. You get triple points for that. Not like when we alternated with the Daleks. I think I did the. Uh, did I do the crew Christmas ones as well? I think we did one each, didn't we? Mm-hmm. I ended up, or I ended up doing both Dalek invasions of Earth, the, the TV one and the movie one. Oh, did did you? Yeah. <laughs> right, big fuck mm. off yetis. Yeah. Right, with beaks. Apparently, yeah. they need guns now as well to spray snow on people. No, they're not guns; they're decorating machines. Yeah, but what do they need them for? To decorate the halls with well, uh, bowels, bowels of, of, of holly. webs. <laughs> are they are they uh, are they wedding planners now? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I want a the, yeti this wedding is planner. I would get married if I had a yeti wedding planner. No wonder they got angry. They're spoiling a wedding. So yetis were just making a wedding. Yeah. For uh, yeah, a Halloween wedding, a Halloween Christmas themed wedding. Yeah, and the doctor and everyone was just ruining it. Yeah. I can understand why they would be annoyed. Yeah, Roger the Yeti was well pissed. Well, I don't know what, what he, I don't want to know what he's doing after his wedding. But uh, <laughs> any of the games they got up to. Hey, tell you what, though. Tell you what. What fighting, fighting on the streets with the, all the Yetis and everything was was really good. I really liked that. I I wanted them to fight on the beach. Not on the hills. Maybe. Or on a stool. But I did. I really liked that. Even though, even though it was the Cybermen theme that they used, I I liked it when they were yeah. It uh, yeah, maybe it was because we're in the tunnels for most of the episodes, and then suddenly mm-hmm. we're, we're having a massive battle up among them mm-hmm. with one hundred and five yetis. Yes, the 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 non-stop yetis. Non-stop yetis. When did they find all them fucking robots from space? <laughs> Mail order. <laughs> Philippines. Uh, yeah. Speaking of when they were fighting as well, okay. There was a, a great death scene that I loved from one at Yetis. He just held his hand to his head like he'd got a headache and died. It was brilliant. I loved it. It well, moves me so much. <laughs> Maybe he had a headache, but he died from it. <laughs> People die from headaches. And them having a pet yeti was good as well. Yes, the petty. <laughs> petty, oh, I like him. Yeah. I didn't think of that. I, I'm surprised you didn't. I was going to call him Fido or something. There's a movie called Fido that's about a zombie called Fido played by Billy Connolly who doesn't speak. What are they chasing around me? And did you know the yeti roar was, uh, was the sound of a flushing toilet slowed down? No. Well, now you do. Now I know. Thank you, Gav. So every time you flush toilet, you'll be thinking there's a yeti in the room. That's all. I, that, I'll probably that's, won't that, think that, that. That's all amphetamines. I'll, I'll probably think they use that as a sound effect for a yeti slowed down. Well, there you are. That's all I have. Rather than there's a yeti in the room that speeded up. So the army, Gav. <laughs> yes, the army. They, uh, they, they, they were a bit rubbish. 
Aren't the army that's, always rubbish? Right, we're going to blow up these tunnels. Let's not, uh, let's not check to see if there's anyone down there. Let's just ask mm. random people. Mm. You two, you two people. Is, mm. is there anyone down those tunnels? No, that's fine. We'll just blow it up then. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, there was someone. Oh, damn. We've just blown it up. Oh, well. Never mind. Uh, and then one of the, the the main army person before uh, Lethbridge Stewart stood up was like, his, his quote was, can't have an explosion without blast. Maybe one of the most English things to ever say. Possibly. Much more English than that. I don't know. You want a cup of tea? Cup of chair? Cup of chair. That's a very London thing to say. It's a very cosmopolitan army as well. With all the different nationalities. There was Welsh and Yorkshire. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and someone from London, no doubt. Well, there was the... Was there London? Well, I'm assuming everyone else was London. Yeah. But I remember Welshy or Evans, as he was called, and uh, Yorkshire guy. What was the which one was the Yorkshire guy? Staff. They might. Ah, yes. Who we will talk about. The Annie reminding the stuff was just one shortly. Alan Travers, mm. who was mm. Professor Travers from the last one, from the last Yeti oh, one. God. Her, her, his daughter. Sorry, who annoyed me in several ways. By being in the episode, that was one. mainly it. Mm. Some sci- she was apparently a scientist. There was a good bit where she says, "I wanted to be a." No, someone said uh, one of the one of the army people was trying to chat her up in a particularly unsubtle way. How did you get to be in a place like this? Bollocks, kind of thing. And she was like, "Well, when I was a little girl, I wanted to be a scientist, so I became a scientist." I like that. But then she became well, a yeah. scientist, and then without the full facts, she was like, uh, well, the doctor's behind it, behind it all. He's mm. he's the one behind mm. all the yetis. Yes. Well, he's obviously not. You know. Yeah. Yes, he, he, he was there back at the other episode, and is there this time. He's obviously controlling the yetis. Yeah. Uh, good deduction reasoning there. And, and then she goes on to blame the MMR vaccination for everything. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to say? And she was also she was also a bit motherly to Victoria, but besides being probably the same age, and she was, which annoyed me for some reason. She was, she yeah. talked to her about something, and, she, and then she says to Victoria, "Did you think of that? Hmm? Did you think of that? Because that's what will happen." Well, she didn't say, "Well, that's what will happen," but you might have heard that. She did talk down to quite a, a lot of people. Yeah, and she was very condescending. Even yet, he's over told. She, and all they were she trying stood to, on a ladder just were, to talk down all to All they were trying to do is have that, have that, uh, have a Halloween Christmas party. Wedding. Wedding. Halloween Christmas wedding. Mm, you, you, you don't want to screw in other people's uh, customs. Yeah. Or customs in general. At airports. You don't screw in them. Well, funny you should say that, because her father, Travers, from the last one, mm. He's older now, but he brought the Yeti back from the last one. How did he get through customs? That's what I want to know. I reckon he was wearing the Yeti suit. You think he was wearing the Yeti suit? Yes. It's, it's, it's alright, I'm on a fancy dress do. It's alright, I'm a Yeti and we have different customs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to a Christmas Halloween wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Let me feel or I'll eat you. I've got a new beak. <laughs> it's good for cracking skulls open. And pistachios. And pistachios, yes. <laughs> which, which is tradition at uh, Halloween Christmas weddings. Yeah. <laughs> he was also as amiable as, as he ever was. 
being annoyed by everyone and everything. Especially his daughter, I am. Well, yeah. yeah. And, and he was doing some bit with his hands where he was trying to move stuff on, on it, but he couldn't really do it for some reason. And he was like, and, and it's me hands. For some reason, he turned into like Alfred Steptoe from Steptoe and Son. Ooh. Do you not remember Steptoe and Son? I never watched it. Or Harry Enfield's old man person. I lie. I actually have watched one episode of Steptoe. So, so you lied. That's what you're saying. I just, I just can't really remember it. Oh. Well, as we've already found out this 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 mm. episode, you you couldn't really remember Web of Fear, and you saw it not half an hour ago. Yeah. <laughs> I'm drinking. So, Staff <laughs> Staff Sergeant Arnold. Yes, the he, he was a Yorkshire Army guy who looked a bit like William Hartnell. Kind of, sort of, not really. Yeah, but no, it was your guy. He, really. he might as well yeah. said cross beams skew on treadle. It might as well. Have been. Don't know the rest of why. There's no wrong with gala luncheons. The same thing. Monty Python. No, no, that's Monty Python, but different sketch. Oh, okay. It's the it's the uh, writer's sketch where the guy in the suit comes back from the mine and, and this guy dressed up like he's been down the mine and he's a writer. Tungsten carbide drills. I know the, the tungsten. bloody hell is car tungsten carbide drills. It's something mm. they use in mines, father. It's something they use in mines. Bloody fancy talks that you post off to Barnsley. Yeah, I know that sketch. I thought you might know that sketch. Got to get Monty Python in there. Well, Superman theory mm. and Monty Python. What I did like most about uh, stuff was he, he sounded just like Count Arthur Strong at times. For people who don't know that. Yes. Well, people who don't know you. <laughs> what is <laughs> Count Arthur Strong? Oh, no, uh, a new comedy series that's. Uh, it was on the BBC, wasn't it? It was recently. On the BBC. About this old guy and. What more, Gav? Uh, that's, that's about a, all I've got. It's a good show. <laughs> I recommend it. It's really it. good. It's one of the best new comedies I've seen in quite some time. Who wrote it? Where it's. It's the guy who plays guy Count Arthur did. Strong and Graham Linehan. Get Graham, yeah, that's who, who wrote IT Crowd and half wrote Father Ted. So, but it is really say good. no more. Ah, oh, you moved it. So, the great intelligence. Oh, yes, is He's he the, the great, great pretender? Intelligence, no, 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 no. <laughs> so, it's all a trap to get the doctor there. Apparently, is this a mm. seventh doctor story? Is my question. Yeah, what sort of trap is this? It's a trap to get the doctor. Into some kind of pyramid. There's all sorts of shit going off here that just doesn't seem to make any sense, trap wise or anything wise. Well, as I told you before, yeah, yeah. don't think about it. <laughs> like Tomb of the Cybermen, <laughs> if we thought about it too much, it didn't make that much sense. But we enjoyed it all the same, did we not? Tomb of the Cybermen was very good. That's what I'm saying. It's a six episode story, mm-hmm. which. I may mention next time is not the best length for a story. I think three or four mm. is the best. Yeah, four's pretty good. Because six, you're uh, treading water for a lot of it, which was the problem with this one. It depends on the story. It does depend on the story. Some 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 stories you can uh, you can comfortably tell over six. If you've got a six episode story, normally you either for two or four episodes you tell a story and then something happens. At that point, and you have to tell the same story, but in, a, in you know something happens, so you've got a different thing to say. So I don't know. You, you, you do let's say this one. You've got Weber Fear. You're in the London Underground for four episodes, and then something happens, 
and you have to chase after the great intelligence to Pluto or something. You know, something happens, so it's a different type of story, but it's the same one. Do you get me? Mm. Robert Holmes was very good at it when he wrote stuff like like uh, mm. that one. Which one's the 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 Talons of Wang Chiang? Fourth Doctor. Can't remember. You'll be seeing you be we'll be meeting yeah. well not be meeting because he's dead, but we'll be meeting some of his stories very soon. And he's a very good writer. I am pleased with his work. And we should see some. Yes. yes. I did like that the identity of the traitor, although we'll argue about that in a second, <laughs> was, was was kept going for a while. I mean, genuinely, I didn't know who it was for a long time. I still say there wasn't a traitor. There, there, the Doctor thought there was a traitor, mainly because the Yetis knew things before, or at the same time as everyone else. Uh, that's just the great intelligence's apparent ability to... Uh, to take, take over, over anybody's body that it wants. No, he took over staff's body who who before yes. the episode started. And also at the same time Travers' body's body. He took over his body when he kidnapped him. No, it was controlling both staff and Travers apparel. And why not anybody else? He could have controlled anybody else at any time. Well who else would you control? The doctor. He couldn't control him apparently. Susan? She's nowhere near, but why not? <laughs> Okay, let's say even she was in this story. Why would you control her body? Just to make a punch yourself. <laughs> Good enough reason, isn't it? So angry. <laughs> I would do that with you. So, the great intelligence wanted Doctor's knowledge of the past. Yeah. Couldn't he just read a book about history? It's a lot of reading. Why not just take the shortcut and just download some debris? Couldn't he just go on the internet? Which he did, really, kind of thing... In in the spoilers uh, in, in, <laughs> in the seventh <laughs> series of the new show, fuck spoilers. Welshy, Welsh Welshman Welshy, or Evans as he was known. Yeah, basically they're calling him Welshy. Oh, no, he he did like oh, running. Oh no, but seriously, that reminds me. I was watching Pointless today. Yes. Which is a game show in England, Britain, where uh, you have to give... It's basically, you have to give what the lowest amount of people... Uh, the answer the lowest mm. amount of people would say for something, yeah. basically. <clears throat> yeah, the least popular answer for a question. Yeah. And, and the, one, the question was a uh, Irish Prime Minister... This was all Charles's and different ones. But, and the, and the, the question was... Uh, Irish Prime Minister who had three terms of being Prime Minister or something. And she didn't know the answer, but she says, right, well, I'll just guess an, an Irish surname. So I'm going to go with Charles Abraham. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not going with a Jewish surname. Then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as, Alexander, as the host said, Alexander Armstrong, Charles Abraham. <laughs> <laughs> so she was rubbish. But back to his Welshie. Yes. Um, <laughs> he, he, he's not the bravest soldier. No, he, he did like his uh, running away in every episode. Yeah. Almost. He, 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 wasn't, he wasn't much of a soldier, really. I know he was a driver, which he mentioned in every episode, but surely mm. he should have gone to, I don't know, army school? <laughs> they do, not, I'm sure they do have schools. Yeah. And he's also a soldier who sings when he's scared. Not winning. But 
That's better than a singer who shoots when then, I suppose. And there was a bit where he, the doctor needed some of the webbing. So he was like, does anyone have a box or something I can keep it in? And, and, he's, and Evans as well, I've got this tobacco tin, but it's got tobacco in. And the doctor takes it and just empties it out and says, never mind. <laughs> as I said, just open your mouth and just suck on it. <laughs> We're not even over subtlety now, are we? No. You're listening to Drunken Time Travel. It's quarter past the hour. It's time for the beer interlude. So we chose this. Well, we've told you why we chose this beer, didn't we? Yes, we did, Ashley. I, we didn't leave it guessing. I I like this beer. Do you like this beer? I really don't like this beer. I've like drank ninety percent of it already. Yes, I've. I, I first had it a couple of years ago when I on the trip to London. Um, no, no, wait, wait. One of the ingredients is fuggle. <laughs> awesome. Is is that like a drunk fraggle? <laughs> I I hope it's like a dead baby fraggle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a type of hops apparently, but still fuggle. But yes, I am very much impressed with it. It's just a nice, it's a nice drink. It's a Cornish pale ale, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it doesn't. Sure it doesn't really taste is. like a pale ale. No, it doesn't. Well, certainly not an IPA. It says the taste is fresh orange and grapefruit, but I don't really get that either. It might be a bit fruity. No, I don't know how to describe this. It's just a really tasty beer. So I'm guessing we both think it's sticker worthy. I definitely do. It's sticker worthy then. Dun, dun, dun. And certainly, almost everything I've had from this and Tostal Brewery, which this is why I've, I also really enjoy. I, I yes, they're, they're the, the, they've only had one beer that I thought it was just alright, which I think was the Nicholson's, which we had a lot last time we went to London. But I think they also do proper job as well. That's another variety, and that's another really nice drink. Yes, so we're this is sticker worthy, so we're going to give this a drunken time travel sticker. Yes, I think we will. Made by Tedro most definitely. Or at Tedro and uh, you can you can go to her website at www.bunnybubbles.com and get all kinds of things. You don't need to say www these days, guys. <laughs> There's only one of me. She's the little five as two to me. But yes, go visit. There is Plenty of... Plethora. No, there's not. Do you know what a plethora is, guys? I do know what a plethora is. But for all your fancy soap needs. Whatever you do, don't put www dot in. Don't Don't eat them either. Don't eat the soap. It might look like you can eat them, but don't do it. No, don't. Gav has made that uh, unfortunate uh, choice, life choice, and... And this is how I turned out. Yeah. So the Doctor, he was in Holiday Episode 2... Was he actually on holiday? He was on yeah. holiday. He wasn't. He wasn't around. He, he also uh, ate a sandwich at one point. But that, that was what, a good what, bit. What whilst he was on holiday? No, no. in the bit no, where no. He, um, Jamie and Victoria were like that, that pipe's flushed, and he didn't believe either of them when he was eating a sandwich at the same time. More, mm. more, uh, more good work by uh, Patrick Troughton. Multitasking. Multitasking. Yep. Can always, eat a sandwich and always, save the world. Always moving about and stuff. And he used his current thingy again. That's current as an electricity as opposed to bun. What? What was that 
It's the thing, this is the, the box thing he has. That, oh, that, the box thing. That uh, it sees if there's an electric current running through things. Yes. At the moment, he's used that more than his uh, sonic screwdriver, of which he's used never. He also <laughs> plays his recorder. Almost got confused. I know he did. <laughs> he also plays his... He also plays his recorder, and it was a tune uh, about Bonnie Prince Charlie going over the sea to sky, which I thought was quite interesting, mm. because Highlanders. Thank you. Yes. Victoria. Yes, Victoria. Yes, she was uh, back to telling people about uh, the TARDIS again, the old barber role. Well, it wasn't anyone important. It was only a reporter. Mm. Yeah. Early on in the episode, uh, I did like... Um, she dressed up for the episode. Well, as opposed to being naked. Well, she could have done that. <laughs> no, but she came. She came back from the uh, dressing room. It's like it's it's like when when like a child breaks into a mum's bedroom or something and just decides to wear all the makeup and jewelry and everything. She was just like draped in jewelry and stuff. I'm gonna wear everything <laughs> and also look like an Indian. A Native American, I think you'll find. A Native American lantern. And then there's a bit where Anne tries... Anne thought she looked elegant as well. She didn't look elegant. Yeah, I thought... She goes, don't I look elegant? No, you look like you live in a desert. (laughs) (laughs) Can elegant people not live in a desert? No. Is that that a Venn diagram that doesn't intersect in any way? Not in any way whatsoever. I don't know why, but I find Venn diagrams hilarious. Not, Um, Not the way I imagine elegant, anyway. I'm thinking... Ballrooms and do, do you imagine that's being fancy elegant? party dresses and things? No, what fancy living in the desert, fancy Halloween, Christmas, feathering your head or something, or even at a uh, Halloween Christmas wedding. Yes, Anne Travers asked her, you know, whenever the doctor and Jimmy are missing or whatever, Anne Travers said, uh, I've asked her to make tea to take her mind off it. Mm. Yeah, and uh, and also have the benefit of getting you tea, apparently. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, why not? <laughs> I've asked her to get all my shopping because it'll take her mind over. <laughs> really, okay. So, Jimmy, Jamie, the the idiot, the doctor and Jimmy split up at the start, yeah. not not in a gay kind of way, but uh, what was it all about? The doctor and Jamie have to be together for comedy to happen. Yeah, they didn't want comedy at home. But he did a couple of stupid things, like uh, saying the Doctor wasn't in the tunnel before they blew it up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which didn't help. And then he ruined everything at the end. Yes. But, it's, but to be fair, the Doctor didn't tell him anything. Other yeah, than, the, other than uh, I was sorted out um, as he's getting into the pyramid and having his mind drained. But you could say the Doctor knows there is a traitor, so he's not going to tell anyone in case... What, Jamie was a traitor? Yeah. But you said there wasn't a trigger yet. There wasn't. Lethbridge Stewart, guys. <laughs> Lethbridge Stewart. First appearance yes. of Lethbridge Stewart. Yes. Who we will who will be in Doctor Who. Lethbridge Stewart. For decades to come. And a welcome addition he is to the ensemble. The only thing is, Colonel Lethbridge Stewart doesn't let people finish their sentences. Yeah. I did notice that. Yeah, the, the first yeah, episode... I, I the first didn't notice that, but now you've said it, I do. <laughs> It's the first episode was him in it, right? Mm. And it's the second one that's missing. We need to get that one back, Gav. Well, get on it. Right, I'll, I'll look down the back of the sofa. Yes, get digging. One thing I did like about uh, Lethbridge. Stuart. Yeah. 
No, I'm just going in leftwich. With my pals and all that. No, there's one thing I like more than one thing about him. What's his first name? Alistair Gordon Lethbridge Stewart. You expect me to know things about things. <laughs> that I've watched. Not really. <laughs> I don't think he's yeah. got. I don't think he's been given his, his name, first names yet. Yeah, I don't think he has. No, you should know it. What? What? Tell me the thing that you like. Uh, yes, when they went upstairs onto the ground for the big shootout with the uh, Yetis. These are uh, just just the way that he was firing uh, sort of bazooka shells or something at the Yetis. It was just uh, tapping a guy on the head every time he wanted it to fire. I thought that was brilliant. Touch your not head, fire, but <laughs> I also like that's how I want to fire my guns. Well, but just tapping people on the head yeah. when you say head. Also, one thing I liked is uh, that, that that they made it like he was suspicious at the start with because uh, he was he was in some kind of place where nobody survived except him and Evans, and he didn't apparently know Evans, but then he was only a driver. But you know, they made it so that again with the traitor thing. You didn't really know what who was who could be trusted until the very last episode. I mean, obviously we knew it wasn't him. Yeah. <laughs> because mainly mm-hmm. he's fucking the first truth. Yeah. So yeah, we we can't watch it with the open frame of mind or anything. No, but I, yeah, you would have been a bit suspicious of him for a while. And then they had a PowerPoint Yeti presentation that he did with with a projector and everything. No, yeah, so with the best bit of that when the doctor interrupts. Yeah, because they're showing the Yeti, and the doctor's, oh, the, the Yeti's a bit different now, and him and Travers are discussing it, and uh, they're like, mm. uh, could you stop discussing that? Yeah, because it's completely irrelevant. Let's not talk about what, you know, <laughs> things that yes. are relevant to what's going on. Yes, don't don't talk about the enemy's uh, colour of uh, clothing <laughs> or choice or how their don't trousers are cut. I'm talking about the fact that they have beaks now. <laughs> That's not going to be relevant until they peck out our eyes. <laughs> but what What if they decide to use, like, throw pistachio nuts at them to distract them? It, it could be what, so that a they, relevant distraction turning. What, so that, they, uh, that they're, they're trying to walk on it and then and then they get slipped up by all the pistachios? They think, oh, it's, it's dinner time. I'm going to stop. And I'm going to... What they should do is play, is, is do the uh, end of shift sound, mm-hmm. so then they leave. Yeah. <laughs> Only all their enemies were defeated and that, and thusly obey. It would solve a lot of problems. The director, Gav, he uh, he changed the name of Colonel Lethbridge to Lethbridge Stewart, feeling it better suited the character. So every time you say Lethbridge, that's just spitting in the face of the director, spitting beer in the <coughs> face of the director. So it's what you're doing. Good, I don't like him. What's his name? I have no idea. <laughs> you asking me to read? I've been drinking. I, I do love that he believes the doctor that about the TARDIS and that he can get it and they can travel through time and space and stuff. Like, and he just was willing to accept that. He goes, yes, you travel through space. Interesting. So we can use this to escape. Yeah. Where is your magic box then? And then the other guy, the the the, the night guy, uh, what you know, Corporal Major, whatever his name was. Uh, he says he said to the he said to Colonel, I keep calling Brigadier Colonel Lesbridge. I think it's a trap, but mm. it's a bit of a crappy trap because it, <laughs> it relies on you believing that a police box can travel through time and space. Mm. 
It would be a lot easier to come up with a better trap than that. As I said, maybe they're going for the outrageous, you can't possibly make this up thing, so it must be true. But, but the last thing I want to say is I do hope this character comes back because I quite like him. I can't see it. Never going to happen. Uh, and lastly, they, they weren't allowed to film on the actual underground due to the price they were going to charge, so they built sets that looked like underground. And then the under, the the London Underground. They company, did look very convincing. The London Underground company thought the same because they were complained because they felt they'd still filmed there, and they were like, "Well, actually, it was sets you joined." Wow, wow, wow! You filmed. Uh, like that. The, the voicemail is actually on the DVD. <laughs> What's your quote, Cap? My quote. What is my quote? My quote is uh, since it's uh, Lethbridge Stewart's. I called him right this time. Since it's a, his first episode, I, it's a quote from Mr. Lethbridge himself to the Doctor, which is quite amusing and goes thusly. Doctor, mm. tell me this sphere of yours, exactly how is it going to help us? Well, the sphere itself, it won't. Hey? No, but it will help us to test the control box. Is that all? All? You mean to say you've wasted all this time just to... Wasted? We haven't been wasting our time. Well, I think you have. Must agree with the boy, Doctor. You don't seem to have achieved very much. Colonel, if you left us alone, we'd get along a lot quicker. Oh? Mm. Oh, very well. Come on, my criminal. We'll lead them to it. That's for sure, ladies and gentlemen. And your quote would then be? My quote is from two random people in the episode that they just talked, and they were just talking shit about the Eddies, and I loved it. And it would go... See, bet. See, bet. You're joking. That's where old Travis says they come from. He reckons they're abominable snowmen. Yeah, but he's off his chump, isn't he? How'd they get here in the first place? They come through the post, don't they? Nah, seriously. Out of space, that's where they come from. Well, that's what I read anyway. Oh, do leave off. You've been reading too many kids' comics, you have. All right then, Court, where do they come from? It's a foreign power, isn't it? Bacteriological warfare. That's where that stuff is in the tunnels. What, that fungus stuff? Yeah. And then yet there's some sort of new weapon. What sort of robot army? What, you mean it ain't real then? Well, of course they ain't, you nit. Well, that was well cool, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, dear God. I liked it. Final thoughts on the episode, then? I, I liked it. I thought it was a very good, tense, claustrophobic, paranoid sort of episode. I liked it. So I don't really have any problems with the episode. No. I don't think it's great or anything. I don't think it's crap. Did you prefer it's this just or Enemy of the Daleks of the two that have been found? The end, which one was the enemy of the Daleks? Did you prefer this or enemy of the world of the two that have been found? <laughs> enemy of the world, I think I prefer. Really? Because I, yes. I prefer this one. Interesting. Oh, I think I enjoyed the, the story more of the energy of the world. No, I think I energy. prefer this one. The energy of the world. Yeah. <laughs> energy of the Daleks. <laughs> no, I would, I would, mm. I would recommend this one for people. Although, if you're going for a Doctor, Jamie, mm. and Victoria one, I would still recommend Two Month of Seven Men. Yes. That is a good one. It is a good a one. A very good one. I cannot dis not respect that one for, to recommend anyone. <laughs> we have a question, Gav. Apparently. <clears throat> From at Tijon86, otherwise known as Stephen. And he asks The companions sound like an afterthought at this time in Doctor Who. Do you know why that was? Listening to recaps, they sound superfluous. I'm quite pleased I said that. Superfluous to the story beyond being props or in distress. 
Maybe that is the whole new point of the. Uh, I do because a lot of times I'm doing a synopsis and I'm thinking I could do this synopsis quite easily without even mentioning the companion. Well, I couldn't really do it with this one because Jamie fucked everything up. Jamie did fuck everything up, and uh, Victoria didn't do much. Well, she made the tea. Mm. Yeah, she, they she, don't seem to do well a lot. Yeah, she she revealed the TARDIS thing. Not about it, really. Yeah, they, they, they don't, don't do seem, much. I don't know they're why. Just, I don't know why it is. They don't seem to do much. They they just there as sort of casual distractions for the, the Doctor. Yeah, but then yeah, it's, it's a shame. I don't know whether it will change with you know Jamie and and the next companion, whenever that might be. I know exactly when that is. Uh, <laughs> I have an idea when that is. Do you, Gav? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is your idea? Soon, my idea is soon. No. Okay, um, but but I still like Jamie. But it just doesn't seem the, the whole well in two of the segment there was a bit of comedy between him and the Doctor, mm-hmm. and that doesn't seem to be that hasn't really been happening recently. Yeah, they no, they haven't been doing that, and I'm a bit disappointed. Quite much recently, so yeah. I'm hoping that it's going to happen again very soon. But as to why they're doing it, well, there was a bit, there was a bit, there was a bit in this one with uh, with the doctor eating the sandwich, and the, you know I mentioned earlier that the Jamie and Victoria saying about the light flashing, but that was pretty much it. Yeah, have have they ever really these uh, two characters? Have they ever really been that bigger part of the story? Yeah, Jamie and Victoria. Yeah, Jamie. I don't think Victoria. I don't. I haven't really been impressed with Victoria ever. I, I, I've never minded Victoria. I've, I've also, no, I've but, never, but, she, but she, she was like dragged along because of a circumstance, and she never came on because she was like an adventure or anything like that. She she got dragged along. Whereas like some of the others, they've like requested to come along. Or they've, I can't remember how she. But yeah, Jamie, the I like Jamie by the fact that he doesn't really talk about going home ever. Jamie does seem to enjoy just uh, getting in the action. He's, yeah. he's just a big old Scottish lad that likes a bit of action. Big old Scottish lad who likes yeah. a bit of action. Is it, so is it, so is he's happy to go along and do whatever and just that, have a good time. As it says on your grinder account. <laughs> so next time I'm doing uh, DTT history on the London Underground. And I shall be not doing. <laughs> and then following that, I'm doing the synopsis I, to Fury from the yes, Deep. Yes, and I shall be doing some science for that one. You will indeed. Possibly. Hopefully by then you'll know what science you're doing. Our quote for Web of Fear is uh, from Benjamin Disraeli, British Prime Minister in the 19th century. And it goes, Fear makes us feel our humanity. Thusly. Thusly. He missed out thusly. Mm. Uh, on iTunes again, please validate our existence by reading, commenting, mm. or liking. Mm. Yes, I, I noticed one of you did actually do this uh, recently. So well done to you. Yes, yes. thank Scooby you. Snack. Please ring to claim. Happy sleep time, everyone. Happy sleep time. And I fiddled with the thing on and off for years, and then one day. Don't tell me it just disappeared. Mm.